church you guys must be wondering why does that what what does that video has to do with what we're going to talk about this morning have you guys ever seen that at home you guys never had that problem what what is the reason what is the root what is the source of that i'll tell you the source of that and the main reason for that kind of stuff when it happens at home is because of selfishness selfishness and so, what a way to start the morning, right, in the war. Uh, watching two kids doing, uh, going at each other and just out of selfishness. And, uh, and it's, it's funny. We laugh. Uh, we laugh at this video because it's two kids. And it's funny, but realize we adults do this just in a different way. We adults do this just in a different way. Um, so we are going to the book of James, chapter 4, this morning. I want to thank you guys for uh, acknowledging uh, Pastor, our youth, our, young, our youth pastor, Pastor Tim, Pastor Roy, and myself. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's appreciated. Um, but we're going to the book of James, chapter 4, this morning. We're beginning chapter 4 this morning. James is going to talk to us, and he's going to give us reasons as why we get into fights like these two kids. He's going to give us reasons why we get into fights, why we get into quarrels, why do we get to the point of even going to war with others. Because there, there is a point where we even go to war. We, 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 just, you know, we just made that in our head. We just put that in our head that we're going to war. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to chapter 4, James chapter 4. And if you don't, the text will be displayed on, uh, on, the, on the PowerPoint but also, uh, in the near future, we're going to have uh, extra Bibles. In case somebody doesn't have a Bible, we'll, we'll have a Bible to give you. Uh, we have been working on the book of James. And um, 
as uh, we have seen in the past sermons, it is an amazing practical book. The book of James is an amazing practical book. I love the book of James. It's the Proverbs of the New Testament, many people say. And James has been trying to help Christians to examine themselves, to examine their faith, to see if their faith is real or, or if it's fake. To see if their faith is, is a living faith or a dead faith. And he has done several tests through the book. And up to the point we get to chapter 4, we've seen him do that, do that once, again and again and again. Uh, for example, he tested our faith against trials, temptations, uh, doers of the Word. Are we doers of the Word? Are we just hearers of the Word? It depends on the faith we have. Uh, how do we go through trials? When we go through trials, our response, our way of responding to trials has a lot to do with our type of faith. If it's a living faith, if it's real faith, or, or, or what it is. When we go through temptations, we respond to, temp- to temptations as depending on the type of faith we have, wisdom. How do we use wisdom in our lives? How do we apply God's Word in our lives? has a lot to do with the type of faith we have. It will show the type of faith we have. So James... It's in the mindset that if you profess to be a believer, so it is important to him that you actually possess what you profess. So in other words, what you say you are, act like it. Live like it. If you say you're a believer, live like a believer. Act like a believer during the times of trials, during the times of temptations, when you hear the Word of God. Act the way you are supposed to possess what you profess. And so it is really important to, for James um, that your life comes in alignment with what your words say that you are. So you are a people of God. James keeps on saying, then leave. And act, behave like people of God. And in our last sermon on this amazing book, we finished chapter 3. When we finished chapter 3, uh, in our last study two weeks ago, we talk, about, we talk about people making decisions in life. And we said there is two ways people make decisions in life. There's two types of wisdoms people use when they make decisions in life. It's, it's the heavenly wisdom, which is what God wants us to use when we make decisions. It's wisdom according to God, and it's earthly, human, unspiritual, and James even calls it demonic wisdom. So we, what we saw in that chapter, and uh, in those last verses from chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, we saw the source... We saw the source of wisdom, whether it is heavenly wisdom or demonic wisdom. We saw the practice. What, what do people do when they practice, when they use that type of wisdom? And we saw the result of it. We saw the result of it. So I want to tell you really quick over here on the screen so you can see. The wisdom from heaven, what does it come like? Wisdom from heaven. Let's go next. Wisdom from heaven is selfless. Wisdom from heaven is selfless. Uh, and it results on peacemaker who sow in peace, reap, you know, reap a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. So the source is heaven. The way we act when we have heavenly wisdom is selfless. 
We act in a, in a selfless way, not in a selfish way. Uh, and the result is that it brings peace to our life. So, you know, I don't think there is one person in this place who does not want to experience peace instead of chaos. We all want to experience peace. We all want to harvest righteousness. It's a beautiful thing to live life like that. But if you don't, if you don't live according to heavenly wisdom, you will, not experience, uh, you will not experience peace in your life. You will not experience uh, self-righteousness or the harvest of righteousness that comes from the Lord. But also, this is heavenly wisdom. We also saw that there was earthly and spiritual demonic wisdom. How does that one look? How does that one look? How does that one act? That is a selfish ambition. And I need you to understand that I, I want you to pay attention and remember what we saw two weeks ago about that type of wisdom. Because it's about that type of wisdom that James follows up in the beginning of chapter 4. Wisdom that is early and spiritual demonic is a selfish ambition. It's my own desire. It's what I want. And out of selfish ambition, I act like it. I do things that I don't care about other people. And how does that, what is the result of that? The result of that, it says in verse 16, for where there is, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, which is the type of wisdom we're talking about, wisdom that is early and spiritual demonic, where we find, there we find disorder. So it's chaos. It's fights. It's a lot of problems. It's, it's quarrels. It's war. We find this order in every evil practice. So keep that in mind. That is the type of wisdom James is, was telling us two weeks ago. Do not live according to this early and spiritual demonic wisdom. So James wants Christians to keep on examining themselves. And, and, do you, and basically James is telling them, do you want to know more about what kind of wisdom you, uh, you live with? What kind of wisdom you make decisions in life? So James jumps into chapter 4. Remember, the Bible was not written with chapters or verses. It was one letter. It was one letter. So in context, this, what we saw two weeks ago, verse 13 through verse 18 of chapter 3, follows what chapter 4, verse 1 through chapter 10 tells us. Tells us. Uh, and so he says, what causes wars and fights among you? So if you live according to that wisdom that we were looking at, to the early wisdom that is a selfish wisdom, it's a selfish ambition, selfish desire, then James says, you, you want to know more about this type of wisdom? You want to know how it develops even more? It develops even more. And I want you to think, he says, and what causes wars and fights among you? And then he comes, uh, he goes forward and says, don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? There's something in your heart. And he said that in chapter 1 before, that we were not tempted by God, but we were tempted by our own desires. So sometimes we are tempted to be selfish. And when we are selfish, that's where wars and fights and quarrels come. Don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? Where do you think selfish ambition resides? Selfish ambition resides within us, in our hearts. And then he, he, he says that selfish ambition that resides within us is what causes wars, fights, quarrels between people. You want to know why people fight? You want to know why kids like this, they, get, they go at each other? 
Because our nature is selfish. That's our nature as human beings. So, verse 2, he says, You desire, but you don't have. So you kill. And we'll look a little more into that. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you curl and fight. Because you don't get what you want, what you do. is since you don't get what you want, you go and fight. So, that is what you fight. You quarrel. You argue. And these big disagreements is because of selfish ambition that comes from earthly, human, demonic influence in our wisdom. Influenced by the world in our lives. That selfless results in, that selfishness results uh, in fights, problems, because we don't get what we want. So, James is going to tell us about three areas where our wisdom, where, where, where our decisions, where our lives is impacted. Where three, three areas where we can see conflict happen because of selfishness. Because of selfishness. So the first thing that James wants to tell us in this text is that our, selfish, our selfishness results in conflicts with other people. Let me, let me just ask you this really quick. Have you ever had a problem with anybody because you don't get what you want? And don't say no, because that will be the first, the first thing that I will say. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> we all have. We all have. You know, when we don't get what we want, then we get mad because why? Because we think that what we're thinking is the best. We think that what we're thinking is, is the way it's got to go. We think the way we're thinking is the only way. And it's the best way. And if you don't do things the way I'm thinking, then that means you're wrong. And we tell other people they're wrong based on our own opinion. And everybody thinks the same way. So I think that way. You think that way. Everybody thinks that way. So that's why we go and disagree with each other. Don't you see that stuff in politics nowadays? Everybody thinks they're right. And everybody, everybody wants to, everybody wants to, you know, talk and make a point for themselves. It's like, I don't want to hear it. I'm here to preach the Word of God. I'd rather go with God than the politics. Selfishness is, results in conflicts with other people. Just because we want our way. So selfishness, let, let, me, t- let me put it to you this way. The battles between us, Come from the bottle within us. The reason we go at each other is because we have a problem in, in us. We have a problem of the heart. Someone's, someone once said, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. That is selfishness. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Let's look at the text again. What causes wars? And fights among you? Don't they come from, with, from, from your desires, the battle within you? The cause of conflicts, James is saying, is desires that we have in our hearts. We have within us. And so let me just explain to you really quick here. Uh, the, words, the, the word that James uses there when he describes desires is the Greek word that we get, uh, is the Greek word hidden. So, can you think about any word that is, uh, in the, the English word, follows hidden? 
Hedonism. It's the same word in English. It's just hedonism. What is hedonism? This word connotes the gratification of sensual, natural, fleshly desires. Hedon, it's, it's basically a person whose pleasure is their main goal. So when James is describing somebody who desires to get things their own way, it's a person whose pleasure, they have pleasure, and that's their main goal, to be satisfied. I want things my way, so I want to be satisfied. Pleasure is the main goal, and the desire uh, to, is, there is a desire to avoid pain at any cost, but getting what I want. I don't care if anybody else gets hurt. I want to get what I want, and that gives me pleasure. Egotistical hedonism requires a person to consider only his or her own pleasure. His or her own opinion are the only ones that count. In making choices, it doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter if it's wrong as long as it feels good to me. Somebody, one, one pastor called it, this is the, the playboy mentality. I'm like, whoa. What do you mean the playboy mentality? It's like, I don't care who or, or what other people think as long as I get what I want. As long as I get pleasure, I don't care if anybody else gets hurt. So when James is talking about, you know, where do wars and fights and quarrels come from? He comes from within your desires. He comes from your hedonism. He comes from that desire that you just want to satisfy yourself. You just want to get things down your way. And you don't care if any, anybody else uh, thinks different than you. It's an egotistical hedonism. And in the New Testament, in the New Testament, the word, it's always used in a negative way. Always used, hidden is always used in a negative way, in an ungodly sense. Hedonism is the uncontrolled personal desire to fulfill every personal passion in my heart. So when James asked the question, what question? You know, where do wars and fights come among you? When James asks that question, James answers the question by saying, those wars, the wars and fights and quarrels come because you have uncontrolled personal desires. And that's why we get into so many problems and fights with each other. All you want, James is saying, is to fulfill your personal passions. Because that promises sensual satisfaction and enjoyment. The desire to fulfill these pleasures comes, of course, from selfishness, which is opposed to what God and His Word and the Word of God tells us to do. God tells us to do something completely different than this. Unbelieving, ungodly hedonists are lovers of self, boastful, arrogant people. In other words, they don't care how other people feel. And that's why they get into wars with each other, into quarrels. Therefore, James says, basically, James says that these people are saying, I want it my way. I want it my way. This is the answer to James' questions. What causes wars and fights among you? Simple. Hedonism. Their desires. Those personal desires that you just want to satisfy yourself. 
So let me ask you this question. Have you ever dealt with a selfish person before in your life? Have you ever, have you ever had the privilege of dealing with a selfish person? Have you ever been selfish? Hedonistic state of the heart. And if it doesn't happen their way, they get really mad and, and that's what fights begins. That's where it begins. Selfish added to hedonistic state of heart is why we fight in our homes. You know, when, when a husband and wife have those arguments... And it seems like one of them wants to win the argument against the other. The only reason that happens is because of selfishness. It's selfishness. It's, no, no, I want him to agree with me. I want her to agree with me. And if we don't agree with each other, then sometimes people get mad at each other. I don't even understand how people can go to sleep like that. But you didn't tell me I was right. You didn't do things my way, so I get mad at you. I mean, there are couples that go on for days and days without talking to each other. Because of hedonism. Because I, you don't fulfill my own pleasures. And that's why we get into fights. We get into quarrels. Selfish attitude. That's why a lot of times homes are destroyed. As a matter of fact, just think about what destroys a family. What destroys a family is somebody was being selfish. A man that goes with another woman is because he's selfish. He wants to satisfy himself. He doesn't care that he's cheating on his wife. He just wants to satisfy himself. A woman that does the same thing to her husband is because she wants to satisfy. And then we find a bunch of other excuses. Why did we do it? There's no excuse. It's simple. Selfishness. We are selfish. We want to satisfy ourselves. We don't care if other people... And then when, 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 you know, when something happens or, or, or they tell us something that they don't like the way we're acting because we're acting selfish, we get mad. That's the way of defending ourselves. We just get mad. It's selfishness in our hearts. Why do we have problems in our jobs? Why do we go at each other with, 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 you know, with, with our co-workers? Because we don't like the way we do things. Why do we do this in church? Oops. I touched a subject there. Doesn't that happen in churches also? Of course. It happens all over the place. I remember the story about a church in Texas. A church in Texas. The, uh, <clears throat> they were having a potluck after the church. Oh, we're having a potluck today. Oops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh, but when they, they were having a potluck. One of the deacons in the church, it was a big Baptist church, and one of the deacons was, was, was right behind his family, and he noticed that they give a bigger piece of chicken to the kid in front of him than him. His chicken was smaller. And it's not, it's, it's not a lie. It's a true story. This is years ago. This is in the 80s. This guy saw that he got a smaller piece of chicken, and he went and got a board meeting. He got a board meeting. He was so selfish and like, why didn't I get a bigger piece of chicken? I'm an older man. I deserve it. I'm a deacon in this church and I tithe and I give my offerings and I... Wait a minute. The church, no kidding, the church, there was a division in the church. It began with that. 
then a bunch of other things came up. But it began with that. Selfishness. We destroy families. We destroy jobs. We destroy relationships. We destroy churches. We destroy society. We destroy everything. When we act selfish. And that's why, I mean, why do we go to war with, with other countries? Why do we do all this stuff? Why can't we live in peace? Can we all just get along? That's the title of the sermon, by the way. Can we? Our society, it's becoming more and more hedonistic. Did you know that? Our society is becoming more and more hedonistic. After World War II, society lived the era of modernism. Where community came before individualism, right? Community was important to people. As a matter of fact, you, you want to know how important it was? Go look at an older house. Go look at a house from the 60s or the 50s. Where do they have their garage? In the front or in the back? Usually they have it in the back. Because it was important that people knew that the front door was the first thing they can come in and they can come and knock on your door and have, and have a relationship with their neighbors. Go look at the newer, newer houses. Go look at the newer houses. I lived in Lancaster now for so many years. All the new houses in Lancaster have the garage in the front. The door is a little bit more to the back. So people go in their houses, they go in the garage, they close the garage door, they never go out, they never say hi to their neighbors. It's a selfish, selfish society. So now we are living the postmodern era, not the modern era anymore. Postmodern era is where the individual comes before everything else. And you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this because it's Pastor Celebration Day, so I'm, I can get away with it. We made a big, we make, we make big mistakes with our kids. You know, when we tell our kids, "Oh no, you're the best," I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to torture your kid, and don't tell them they're good. No, but we tell our kids all the time. Oh, you're the best. Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. Oh, they told you you did that wrong. Oh, don't worry about it. Instead of taking the opportunity to teach our kids, we always, we're just encouraging and feeling their ego. Oh, you, you're the best. Don't worry about it. You, 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 you're going to do it. Or you can do it. And, and go get it. And, 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 if, and if that's what you desire, you can, you can just keep on going. It doesn't matter who you push. That's what most people are teaching their kids nowadays. And so it has become a very selfish, very selfish society. You know, do whatever please you. Do whatever, you, you can do whatever as long as you are happy. You know, a lot of times repeating history is one of the worst things that we don't look at history. And, and that's why we repeat it. You, you know, the hedonism is one of the philosophies that destroyed the Roman Empire. I don't know if you knew that. But that's one of the philosophies. That's one of the way of thinking that destroyed Roman, the Roman Empire. Why? Why? Because they conquer all this land. They conquer all these people, all these countries. And, and what they did is they began getting the tax money from them, right? We know all that. 
they began getting all the tax money. So Roman citizens didn't even have to work at some point. And Roman uh, people who were in politics in the Roman Empire, all they did is, I don't know if you've seen this on TV, on their movies, on those movies from those times. Uh, Basically, they would fill their tables with so much food and they would just start eating and eating and they were just giving pleasure to themselves. They would get the slaves and do wrong things with the slaves. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, And they would use their slaves however they felt like doing it, and as long as they pleased themselves with food, with wine, they would get drunk, they would eat until they couldn't eat anymore, and then little by little, that, was, that began to destroy the Roman Empire. It can destroy families. Selfishness, hedonism, can destroy empires, can destroy families, can destroy churches. So if things don't go the way I desire... It becomes war. So James tells us the reason, the cause of the conflict is your selfish desires. I like things my way. I I think I have the best way. And then we all think the same way. So that's where we get in trouble. And so the battles between us are because of the battles within us. It's a matter of the heart. When we seek our pleasure, comfort, our convenience, At the cost of others, the result of civil war among us. We pursue happiness. We pursue happiness and it becomes a selfish process. It becomes a selfish process. Self-satisfaction will give, uh, you know, and that will not give us happiness. Happiness can only come from the pursuit of a relationship with God. Whose recipe for happiness is selfless, not selfishness. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Paul says, this is the way God wants you to act. Do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Is that, is that what we hear nowadays in our culture? Is that what we hear today in our society? Value others than yourself. No, of course not. No, no. Value yourself. If others are on your way, just push them around. Just push them to the side. Oh, you are the best. We got to encourage our kids in a little different way than that. And then Paul says, basically, do not. Not look into your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Can you imagine if we really, if we, if we were to live life like this? Not looking for my best interest, but for the interest of others. And then others will look for the best interest for me. And we will be helping at each other. We will be encouraging each other. I would not be just looking at what's in it for me. But what's in it for the others. And then everybody else will be thinking what's in it for me. I like the way that the, the, the New Living Translation says it. Because he says it really... Really, it's really simple to understand. Don't be selfish. The New Living Translation says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look, uh, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That is what God's, desi- God's desire for us is that one. That's what James says in verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, you desire 
you hidden, you desire, but don't have. You desire, but don't have. This this where your desires are taking you. This is where your desires are taking you. So you desires, but don't have. So because you don't have, what do you do? You are willing to kill. You know, some commentators think that they were actually killing each other. I don't think they were killing each other. I think what he means right here is that they were like, they, they were mad at each other. Remember that Jesus said to himself in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, he said that, uh, as a matter of fact, let's read the verse because we have the verse on the screen. Jesus says, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, they told you don't kill. And so they thought, I have to go kill somebody physically. And Jesus says, no, it's not talking about physically killing somebody. But I say, he says in verse 22, if you even, if you are even angry with someone... You are subject to judgment. In other words, you kill somebody in your heart when you get angry at that person and you get angry and you don't resolve the issue, then you are you're killing that person. And you're doing it, according to James, because of selfish desire. You desire, but you don't have. Because you don't have, because you don't get your way, he says, you are willing to get angry at a person and you're killing that person in your heart. And then he goes, moves on and says, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. I don't get what I want, so I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to kick. I'm going to do whatever it takes because covet, it's the desire. It's, it's desire what belongs to another. To covet is defined as to strongly want something that someone else has. And then we fight and we fight because we don't get what we want. And we don't give up many times. And that's why he says at the end of verse 2, But you cannot get what you want, so you curl and fight. Because you don't get what you want. So our selfishness, what it does is that it results in problems and conflicts with other people. And James is saying, be careful with this. It, it, the, where, where do wars and quarrels and fights come from? It comes from this desire that you want things your way. That's why you have problems in your, in your family. That's why you have problems at work. That's why you have problems in society. That's why you have problems in church. Because you want to get what you want and you cannot get it. So this is where it comes from. So if you ever want to ask, why, you know... Why did I argue with my wife, with my husband? Think about it twice before you, you do it. But also, you have an answer here. It's because of our selfishness. Number two, our selfishness results in an answer prayer. So many times we don't get prayer answer. And it's because God is not pleased with the way we are behaving. And a lot of times we wonder, why, why is God not answering my prayer? No, God is answering our prayers. He's just saying no. No, because what you're asking, what you want, you're asking with selfishness. L- look at what it says right here in verse, uh, the, at the end of verse 2 and, and verse 3. 
You don't have because you don't ask. Now, let me tell you why we don't pray. We don't pray because we are self-dependent. When you pray, you are claiming, God, I depend on you. When you don't pray, you are claiming independence from God. And the reason we can't claim independence from God is because of selfishness. We think we can do it all. We think we deserve it all. And so you don't, you don't have because you don't ask God. Self-dependence, arrogance, pride. Verse 3, and when you ask, you don't receive. So, so James, I, I love the way James put this, 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 this portion right here. You don't, you don't get because you don't ask. And then, no, 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 God, but, I, but, I, but I, I pray. Well, then let me tell you, when you pray, you still don't get because you ask with the wrong motives. What are the wrong motives? When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you might spend what you get on your, what? Hedonism. And your own pleasures. Can that, can that still, can, can that be referring to selfishness? Of course. So he said, we fight because of selfishness. And we don't get answer of prayer because all we do is we ask God for things we want so we can spend in our own pleasures. So, hopefully, if we have prayed the wrong way, we can go and pray the right way. You know, what's, what's, what's the right way? Lord, your will be done. Not my will, but your will. Your way, not my way. It's important that we do that when we pray. But he tells them, you know, you, you basically are praying with that selfishness motive. Selfishness. Uh, the motives are selfish. James says that the reason God doesn't give you what you want is because you ask with selfish intentions. Now, let me ask you a question really quick. Does your prayer reveal... And hedonistic heart? When you pray, do you pray just to ask for things? Does your prayer life, does your prayer life reveal hedonism in your heart? Or selfless? Do you pray for God's will to be done? Do you pray for others before you, you start just asking God? Asking God, asking God, 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 I'm asking you this, I'm asking you this. And, and it's all like me, 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 me. Many unanswered prayers are the results of selfish petitions, self-centeredness, self-focus. So far we can see what James is telling us. Our selfishness results in conflicts with other people. Our selfishness results in unanswered prayer from God. Because God does not want us to behave that way. And number three, our selfishness results in conflicts with our own relationships with God. Watch what James tells us right here. You adulterous people. Whoa. it's a strong word. You adulterous people. You know why he's calling them adulterers? Because they were being unfaithful to God 
by desiring the things of the world that gave them temporary satisfaction, but that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. They were being selfish. So he tells them, you guys are being unfaithful to God by desiring these things. And that's why he moves on and says, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? You become an enemy of God when you become a friend of the world. And when you're selfish, you want the things of the world. You want the things of the world. You want the things against God's Word. So instead of thinking about others first and putting others first, you're putting yourself first. You're thinking the way the world thinks. And therefore, you're becoming a friend of the world and an enemy of God. Friendship with the world is desiring all these things that the world has. A lot of it, it goes against God and His principles. We become unfaithful to God and lean more towards the things of the world that brings us the pleasure that we want. Again, it's because of selfishness. We can easily, we can easily become, come into a conflict with our, in our relationship with God. And then he moves on and says, Therefore, now that you know this, if anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, or do you think Scripture says without a reason that he jealously, and that word jealously there is basically he desires us. God's, God, God desires us. He longs for us. He jealously longs for the Spirit that He has caused to dwell within us. Do you, do you think, do, what do you think, He says? He desires that. Our selfishness is because we want to live life enjoying the pleasures of the world, James is saying. When we act selfishly, we are acting more like the world, world and way less like Jesus. So J- then James is going to finish by telling us, you know, so what is, what's the cure? What is the solution to this? The cause or reasons of conflicts, verse 1 and 2, it says it's selfishness. The reasons we don't get what we want from God is because of selfishness. And the reason why your relationship with God is not healthy relationship with God is because of selfishness, he says. So the three things that we have talked about, that James is talking about, that James is pointing at us, is because of selfishness. Because of selfish ambition. Where do these come from? It comes from our own desires, demonic wisdom, not heavenly wisdom. So what is the solution to this? What is the cure? The selfishness to the selfishness that is destroying people. How do we change this conflict within us? You know, it's interesting. I was thinking how people use filters in social media. You know, you see that? Man, some people look so good. You're like, man, how do I do that? I don't even know how to use those filters. So, but people use filters in social media to change their pictures. But they don't use God's values to change their lives. Shouldn't that be better? 
that we would use God's values to change our lives. So James says, you want to change that? You want to change the selfishness that brings, that, that brings you conflict with people? You want to change the selfishness that gets you to an answer prayer? You want to change the selfishness that brings you into a conflict with your relationship with God? Then this is how you do it. Verse 6. Verse 6. But He gives us grace. Now, now check this out. I, I like the way He begins this verse 6 uh, to give us the solution. Because He says He gives us more grace. He's not talking about saving grace right here. But He's talking about grace. The everyday grace. Every day you experience God's grace. Every day His patience with you. Every day He's waiting for you to do the right thing. Every day, every day grace, not saving grace, every day grace that we need for our everyday sin. Every day we sin. And every day we need grace. And He says God is so patient that He's telling you also what the solution to this problem is. And the solution to this problem, He gives us everyday grace as much as our every sin, everyday sin. God is patient. And then He says, that's why Scripture says, God opposes the proud. The reason we become so selfish is because we're prideful. We're prideful. We want things our way. We want things done my way, my way of thinking. It's because of pride. But God opposes the prideful. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. This is the cure to hedonism and selfishness. Do you want contentment in your life rather than conflict? I do. I want to be, I want to be, con- I want to be content than in conflict. Then get rid of your hedonism attitude, the hedonistic attitude. And be humble according to what verse 6 is saying. And God will dispense His grace. Once you become humble, then you can do this. The cure to fight, to quarrels, to wars, anywhere where you have relationships. The solution to this, James gives us five, verse 7. Number one, if you want to get rid of this selfishness that is destroying us, submit yourself then to God. Don't submit yourself to your own desires. That is easy to do. All I have to do is what I feel like it. All I have to do is what I want. But if I submit myself to God, it's a different deal. Submitting myself to God is being willing to do what God has called me to do. And not what I want to do. To submit myself to God is to follow God and not my selfish desires. To submit to God is to do what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Remember when they, they told him, you know, what, 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 does, what requires to follow you, Jesus? And Jesus basically said, Luke 9, 9 23, He said, you know what? If you want to follow me, number one, you need to do what? Luke 9, 23. Who knows that one? I had a gift. I'm not giving it to you anymore. I'm not giving it to you anymore. He said, deny yourself. That's the first thing you got to do to follow Christ. Deny yourself means stop being selfish. Stop thinking about you. The world does not revolve around you. Ouch. 
Pastor, we're celebrating the pastor's day. Why are you preaching this sermon? Because it's the Word of God. And we got to preach the Bible, just the Bible, and nothing but the Bible. It comes. Now, if you don't have any problems with being selfish, I do. Then this sermon is for me. Because I'm selfish. A lot of times you don't realize that. But we all are. We all are. So he said, submit yourself to God. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. That's what Luke 9.23 says. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. And follow me. That means stop being selfish. Be willing to serve others. Be willing to die if it's necessary. And then follow me. But a lot of times we want to follow Jesus, but we want an easy way, right? Oh no, if you come and give your life to Christ, life will be different. Life will be great. And, and, you know, many false teachers are teaching that stuff to people out there. And people are being deceived. Cheap gospel. Right? Come to Christ and life will be, life will be great. No, that's not true. It's about denying oneself. Submit yourself to God. Number two, resist the devil. In other words, Satan wants you to look for your own pleasure. You, did you know that? That's what Satan wants you to do. The devil wants you to look for your own pleasure. What gives you? It's okay. Isn't that what he told Adam and Eve? It's okay. God just doesn't want you to have all the knowledge He has. God just God wants God wants you know basically God doesn't want you to experience all these things because you will become like God. You know, Satan. All he wants is for you to look for your own pleasures and not for God's blessing. It's all about you. The devil says. That's what he told Eve. Be, be, be proud of you, what you have, what you accomplish. And even if you hurt other people on your way to success, it doesn't matter. But then James says, resist the devil. How are you going to do that? You remember how Jesus did it? Jesus knew the word. A lot of times we don't resist the devil because we don't spend time in prayer. We don't, st- we don't spend time in the word. And, you know, if you come to this church, you know, if you don't go to Sunday schools because, because you don't want to, because there's Sunday school for you to grow. If you don't come to Wednesday nights, it's Spanish, English, it's Wednesday night, it's there. You have the opportunity to come and hear the Word of God and pray with the group of people that love God. If you don't, if you don't do anything on Tuesdays, then you have small groups on Tuesdays and Fridays. Don't, you don't have an excuse. Not to grow in God's Word. Not to, have, not to be in prayer with other people so you can resist the devil in the times of temptation. Number three, he says, not just, don't just submit yourself to God. Don't just resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I want you to notice something really quick here too. That these commands, these are commands. All these five that I'm going to give you are commands, but they are followed with the promise. You submit yourself to God and you will come, you come near to God and He will come near to you. You will resist the devil and He will free, flee from you. You will grieve and mourn and wail and, and God is going to give you comfort. You humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. 
better than being selfish. This is going to bring you peace. When you follow the medicine, the, 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 the things that God wants to give us, the cure, the medication. He says, number three, come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We can talk. That can be a whole sermon right there. <laughs> come near to God and He will come near to you. Number four, he says, grieve, mourn, and wail. What does that mean? What does that mean? Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4? Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 4, when he's talking about the Beatitudes. He says, God, uh, God says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Why did Jesus say that? Why did he say that? Because when you grieve and you mourn because you have not done what God wants you to do. When you have done this, when you have been selfish, you have been living a life of sin. And if you have been living a life of sin, it's good that you mourn for your sin. That you, it, you know, I hope you don't feel good when you sin. But do you become? But, but do you experience sadness, grieving, mourning? And because of that, that will bring you to repentance. And when you come to repentance, then the Beatitude says, "You God will give you comfort. God will give you comfort when you come to repentance." So if we have been living a life of selfishness. God wants you to come and to be sad about it because you have not done His will. You have not done things the way He wants you to do things. So now, repent and He will give you comfort. That's an amazing solution to this problem. But I love number 5, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. So instead of, oh, this is, all these five things are completely the opposite from selfishness. Selfishness says, do not submit to anybody. First solution here is, submit yourself to God. Selfishness says, you know, give yourself pleasure. That's what the devil wants. Here it says, resist the devil. Selfishness says, well, yeah, God says, but I won. And verse 8 says, come near to God and He will come near to you. Selfishness says, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm happy because I feel good. God says, grieve, mourn. Be sad because of what you're doing. And humble yourself by repenting. So you will, be, you will experience comfort. Humble yourself before the Lord. Selfishness says, no way. I don't need to humble myself. I am who I am, and I'm good at it. Don't need to humble myself. I will lift up myself. Isn't that what Nebuchadnezzar said? And when Nebuchadnezzar said, I, I built this kingdom. I did all this. And God said, oh yeah, you did? Go with the, with, go with the animals. And he became just another animal for the next seven years. No showers, no haircuts, 
No nothing. No pedicures. No, uh, you know, all, none of that stuff, right? We know what the Scripture says. Because arrogance and pride goes completely against God. This is all the opposite. Hedonism, selfishness is all the opposite of what God wants. Why do we fight? Why do we have quarrels? Why do we experience war? Do you want to be content? Do you want to have contentment? Or do you rather live in conflict? What do you prefer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, thank you for exhorting us and and telling us the truth about our nature. But thank you also, Father, for giving us the solution. You don't tell us just what's wrong, but you tell us how we can fix it. I pray, Father, that my own heart will always consider others before myself. I pray for our congregation that people in this place will look at their families and think about their families before they even make, uh, before they sin or they make a mistake. That they will think about their kids, their wives, their husbands. They will think about the calling and the ministry you have given them. I pray, Lord, that in this congregation we will learn every day more and more and more to be selfless. And to praise your name and to, and to exalt your name by doing that. Than being selfish and hedonistic. So many people have been destroyed because of selfishness. Help us not to do that, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.